Flowcrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Colby. Will float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, Stun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. What's going on, everybody? This is the Posting Up Podcast. I'm Lucas Bulldog. I believe I'm joined by Sean Scanlon. There he is. How are we doing, Sean? I'm good. How about you? Good, good. Uh, unfortunately, Isaiah couldn't join us today. He had some other uh, matters to take care of, but he'll be back for Tuesday's show at 5 o'clock. Uh, Sean, uh, there's, there's a lot going on in the NBA right now, so without further ado, let's get into it. My team, the Sixers, are having quite the trouble with this COVID-19 virus. Uh, Seth Curry tested positive um, <clears throat> due to contact tracing. The Sixers are now trying to figure out who is available to play games for them. I believe as of this moment right now, they have six players available to play, which I, I don't know how you play an NBA game with one one bench player, one substitute. Um, they are trying to figure out who can play and who can't play. Sean, if, if the Sixers say only have eight players how does that impact them, not only for this upcoming game, but in the long term? And and how should other NBA teams look at this situation in Philadelphia and somewhat learn from it? Yeah, it's definitely going to, uh, you know, affect the team as a whole. Um, you know, it affects your depth right away, the bench. Um, obviously, you know, if players end up fouling out later in the game, you, you really you're not down to much options on the bench. So it, it definitely affects the team. Um Having eight players uh, is obviously a situation you don't want to be in, but that's that's the situation that uh, the NBA has presented itself. Obviously, in the um, the COVID as the COVID nineteen virus has went on, so I think other teams are going to take a, a look at this and uh, you know obviously make sure they're following the restrictions and the guidelines to make sure that you know they have the the full squad to go for for these games. But um, obviously. It, um, I don't think it was a great look for the NBA, uh, knowing that Seth Curry tested positive and then um, still having them play the game because it, it exposes to all the other Sixers players. And then on top of that, it exposes it to the Nets players that, you know, the players that are the team that they were playing against, obviously. So it's it's definitely something that the, the team's got to uh, take notice of because it's uh, it's definitely going to be running rampant. This is only the the first, you know, big outbreak of the season. But uh, I think, you know, obviously it's going to continue to happen. It's it's a virus. It's what happens. So um, teams definitely got to take uh, notice of this. They got to make sure that they're following the restrictions and guidelines. But um, I, I think that the NBA should have not played the other night, but obviously they did. So hopefully, um, 
you know, the virus doesn't run, keep running throughout Philadelphia and Brooklyn, but uh, we'll find out what happens next. Yeah. So in total here, I'm, uh, I'm seeing that the Sixers had seven players who they had to review for protocol um, precautions. Three of them were cleared. Uh, Paul Reed, who is, uh, you know, one of the Sixers uh, far depth uh, bench players. And then two players who actually kind of key for them, Joel Embiid and Danny Green. <clears throat> were cleared to play tonight against or today against Denver. Uh, and then people, players who were included in the health and safety protocol violations who have to quarantine are Tobias Harris, who's a big piece for Philadelphia, Matisse Thibel, Shake Milton, who are also two valuable bench players for the Sixers, and Vincent Poirier. Um, Sean, so obviously the Sixers, they still have Simmons, they still have Embiid, they have Danny Green. But now you look at them, they're without Shake Milton, they're without um, Matisse Thibel, they're without Tobias Harris. Those are three key players for them, especially offensively. Uh, if, if, they, if these guys miss maybe like three or four games, how detrimental could this be to the Sixers' chances at getting off to a hot start here in the East? And, and what teams do you think, this is another question I want to ask you, what teams do you think could take advantage of the Sixers' situation here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's definitely bad for them. Um, obviously, you know, getting off to the good start, you know, leading the Eastern Conference, they, they'd they like to have their best players there. And like you said, they're losing a lot of offense. Um, Shake Milton is their best scorer off the bench. And then obviously, you know, Joel and Tobias, they provide so much scoring uh, for the starting unit. So uh, they're definitely going to need some help from somewhere. Um, you know, I think uh, Ben Simmons is definitely going to have to st- uh, step up uh, um, in the games where they're out. So um, I think that um, – Excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> That's all right. But uh, yeah, but I I think that it, it's gonna hurt them a lot. Um, I, I think a team that could take advantage of it um is you know maybe the the Pacers who have been playing well. Um, you know the Nets trying to get back on track. I, I think they could you know kind of take advantage of it. But uh, it's definitely gonna hurt the Sixers going forward. Um, we'll see how many games it takes for all their guys to get back. But uh, it's definitely not the not the start that they wanted after you know such a good start this season, winning games and stuff like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward, but uh, it's definitely not looking good for Philadelphia. Not with the the fans and the team we're uh, hoping for, for sure. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, as, as a fan for that team, I can certainly say that. Not ideal for me. Um, <laughs> but that right there, I guess, will end that segment and take us right into our first game break. But before that, we'll uh, we'll give you guys a message from Clovercrest Media here. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Baseball with the Bard, it's a great show been on it before i know uh all you here at Clovercrest know that it's a great show so check that out uh coming from the sixers situation we were just talking about today at 3 p.m they play the nuggets obviously with their depleted roster uh we're gonna see how that game goes uh i'm gonna take the nuggets in that one sean we talked about the sixers a lot um in our last segment so tomorrow's game is somewhere i wanted to go heat versus celtics these two teams played a few nights ago prayton Peyton Peyton Pritchard, (laughs) a little bit of a tongue twister there, hit a game-winning shot against Miami. Uh, That's someone who comes off the bench for the Celtics. He's a rookie. He 
wasn't really looked at as a key player for them coming into the season, but he's played an important role. Uh, Sean, this Heat Celtics matchup to me is interesting. Do you think, obviously, these are two powerhouse teams in the East? Um, if you had to choose one of these teams to win the East, who would you choose and why? Uh, I'd have to go with the Celtics right now. Um, just the way that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum continue to develop their uh, two superstars in this league, and they do it on both uh, sides of the floor, not just offensively, but on the defensive side. So I think the Celtics do need help at big man. Um, I don't know if, if Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice are going to get the job done, but the the strength that they have with their guards and their wings is uh, absolutely tremendous. Uh, not a lot of teams have talent like that um, at those positions. So I, I think I, I would trust them more um, than the Heat. But the Heat, I, I think they're also a really good team in the East. I think, you know, they're kind of off to a slow start just because they didn't get that much rest time um, from the end of the season going into this season. They only got a little over two months. So I, I think that they're still recovering from a long season last year, a, a, a you know, obviously a great bubble. So I think that they'll continue to um, make improvements and make strides throughout the season. But right now, I like what the Celtics are doing a lot more. Yeah, I definitely see a repeat coming of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat uh, if things continue to go the way they're going this season. Uh, obviously, you said the Heat have been struggling early on, but I think I think they're the kind of team that'll pick it up. Jimmy Butler really won't stand for struggling for long, but so I expect him to you know kind of step up and talk to this team be like listen you know what we did last year you know where we went you know where we can go let's do that again you know <laughs> some jimmy butler type stuff right there um but yeah i don't think this matchup carries any significance really uh as far as impact early season but i, I think these are definitely two powerhouse teams and uh they, they both have a shot at winning the east this year uh monday night at 8.30, we got the Pelicans and the Mavs. The Pelicans took on the Hornets last night to battle the Ball Brothers. Uh, the rookie, LaMelo, came away with that one as the Hornets defeated the Pelicans. Um, Luca and Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Zion and who knows when Chris Stops will be back. But these are these are two young teams we've talked a lot about, Sean. Um, do you think this season, obviously a lot of people do think this. I want to know your opinion, though. I don't think I've asked you this question yet. Um, do you think Luca's a top MVP candidate, and do you think he has a realistic shot at winning that winning that award over the likes of a LeBron James or a Giannis Antetokounmpo? Yeah, I, I really uh, think that he does have a good shot, especially if the Mavs, you know, start to pick it up here. They've been uh, off to a little bit of a slow start, but um, I, I think that you know they'll get it together. They're a really good offensive team. They're I think they were the highest rated offensive team in the league last year. Now I think that they're only going to continue to get better. Obviously, when they get Porzingis back, that will help out. Um, not just Luca a lot, but the whole offense. It, it will uh, space the floor a little bit, so I, I think uh, it will definitely help out their offense. But I do think he's got a realistic chance at MVP. Um, he, I think that you know he's already, uh, you know he's already a superstar in this league. He's already a, a top ten player in my eyes. Um, he's just so tremendous offensively. He, he's a great passer. Uh, he can get to the rim. Um, you know, he, he needs to improve his three-point shooting a little bit, but um, I, I think that will come with time. So I, I think that he is a legitimate uh, MVP contender, um, and I, I think the Mavs will go and uh, win this game. I, I, I just don't think the Pelicans can finish games right now. Um, they lost a really tough one in the Pacers after blowing a big lead a couple nights ago, and then last night they had a big lead uh, against the Hornets, and they ended up blowing that one. So uh, I think, you know, they're they're a super young team that struggles with uh, – you know, closing out games. And that's one thing that Luca does best. We obviously know uh, he's very good in the clutch. So 
I, I could see this one being high school. Yeah, yeah. Luca is is kind of. I think that Luca. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. To no, no. Oh, just, no yeah. you, cut, you cut out there for a second, so I was gonna just take over. But um, yeah. Basically, I, I agree with you. I think Luca, Luca does have a realistic chance at the MVP this year. Um, the Mavericks are one of those teams for me, Sean. I think, I think to to truly make a deep run in these these um, I almost said NFL playoffs. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> Western Conference playoffs is to is to acquire just not a third star but maybe just that impact player maybe like that small forward power forward that can just have a bit more of an impact you know take a little bit of the load off for Luka and KP but i agree i think the mavs the mavs will will win this game and um yeah <laughs> so uh heading into our next topic here something Sean you've been saying this a lot a lot of teams and players are off to slow starts and obviously we're seeing some early season ending injuries um even some happening before the season. The short rest from the bubble, uh, obviously guys like Markel Fultz, which I hate to see as a Sixers fan. You know, I, I I know a lot of Sixers fans don't like this guy. You know, he is a bust. Why'd we pick him number one? And sure, you know, it would have been nice if we picked Jason Tatum, but Markel Fultz is always a guy that I'll support. And um, I think it's sad to see guys like him go down with injuries. It's, it, the one silver lining is that he did get a contract before he got injured. God forbid he can't play again, but I th I do think he'll be back. But Sean, do you think the short rest, especially for teams that played in the bubble? I mean, obviously teams that didn't play in the bubble had a very long rest, but that can have somewhat of the same impact. Do you think the short rest is kind of making players more injury prone or making them perform to a lesser of a level because they get fatigued more often? Um, yeah, I think it definitely has to do with some of the you know slower production uh, out of the gate. Just a uh you know, over the whole uh, NBA. But in terms of the, the health of the players, I don't think that's it. Um, I don't think it's because, you know, they're just coming off the bubble. Obviously, uh, you know, the Pacers got bounced in the first round and uh, so did the Magic. So I think they, they had a little bit more time rest than uh, some teams like the Heat or the Lakers or the, even the teams that made the conference finals. So I don't think that's necessarily the reason, um, you know, for the, the health uh, things, with you know, Markel Fultz and TJ Warren. But um, I, I do think it, it has to do with the production because obviously we've seen that you know players are just uh they've been a lot more inefficient starting the season on um, the you know field goal percentage and all that stuff has been down around the league so um i think that it, I, I think that you know they'll, they'll start getting going um uh, once the season really starts to kick into gear um once it gets to about a month in i think with that we'll see these teams really start to gel together and um you know really find their footing but um i, I think that I don't think it really has to do with the health, though. Um, obviously, Markel Fultz, we wish him the best. He was, you know, having a great start to the season. The Magic are actually doing really good in the East right now. And then um, TJ Warren, the, the Pacers need his scoring. So hopefully they get back. But um, I, I don't think that it really has to do um, with, you know, the, the short turnaround from the bubble. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there, Sean. I, I don't think the health aspect has much, as much to do about it. But I, I do think it plays a small part. But certainly it has something to do with the players' production. Like you said, a lot of players have been struggling early on this season. Uh, someone, in my mind, who made a deep run in the playoffs that has been has been struggling in my mind is Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, he, he was looked at, you know, he kind of broke out in the bubble, as did TJ Warren. So I'd like to think, I'd like, you know, and the thing is with these talented players that I, that I tend to like, 
I don't want to jump right to the conclusion that, you know, the, oh, they're not the same anymore. They're, it was just a flash of greatness and they'll never get there again. I kind of like the the idea of pinning it on the short rest kind of sits easy with me, so I'm going to do that for now. And, and that's just that's just how it's going to go. But I, I do think the short rest has definitely impacted the production. <clears throat> not so much the health, but I do think the health has been impacted to a to a minor extent. I do think it has a, a, a little bit to do with some of that. Um, so we're going to get into our second game break here. I believe we're going to get another message from Clovercrest Media. So let's get that in here. It's finally here. It's the college football playoffs. Joe Aguirre, Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and myself will get you caught up with the news in college football. Plus, a review of the New Year's Six Bowl games, predict the Heisman winner, and a special invite to our Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's All Four Downs Podcast presented by the CMG Sports Network. So without a further ado, let's get into our top 10 plays of the week put together for us by our very own Isaiah. Number nine, we got Lakers Spurs here. Lob up to Montrez Harrell, and he slams it down. That was a beautiful pass. Talon Horton Tucker is going to be a good player. Yeah, he's a beast. For this Lakers team, making plays like that, let me tell you that. Number eight here, we got a game between the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. Oh, I saw that live. I was watching that game. Put back in by Dorian Finney-Smith. He's athletic. Coming in at number seven, we got a game, <clears throat> a game between the Portland Trailblazers, Minnesota Timberwolves. Rookie Anthony Edwards driving Ooh. in, dunking. That looks smooth. I see you, young man. <laughs> number six, Mavericks Nuggets again. Jamal Murray a deep three after the crossover to beat the first quarter buzzer. Wow. Yep. And That's what mouth. I like to see. Right. That's what right. I need to see more of from him. Sniper. Number five. Coming through, Jazz versus Nets. Ooh, Ooh. Karis Levert with a nice dump off to, to DeAndre Jordan. Karis Wait. is a playmaker. Yeah, that's good for him to stay with that ball and get it off to DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Number four coming in here, we got Timberwolves versus Nuggets. A lot of Nuggets in these top plays here. I like it. Yeah. Ooh, this dude's been balling. He's, every Nuggets game I've watched, he's come off the bench to give him some, some energy. Number three, we got a game between the Clippers and the Spurs. Ooh! Look at that. The claw slamming mm-hmm. it down after the crossover. Oh, he just on DeJounte. His hands are so big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number the two, claw. some more nuggets. I love it. Jokic. Oh, diamond. There we go. That's what makes him so unique. Yes, wow. sir. That is scary stuff. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a dime. And our number one play of the week, Trailblazers. Oh, this is... oh 
Derek Jones flushes it with the festival. I mm. see. I feel like we get we get at least five or ten of those dunks from from Derek Jones that make the top ten real. That that uh, that man could fly. That he 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 must have a cape on because he, he must be <laughs> he must be a superhero or something. Um yeah. so thank you, Isaiah, for that. Another great reel put together by you. Uh doing a great job for us. Wish you could be here with us today. Um, so that'll bring us into our final topic. Something kind of fun here. Uh the G League is gonna play out their season in the Disney bubble. Sean, this is something I think the NBA should have adapted for the regular season, but I know there's a lot more to it than that. I, I know there's families and stuff like that, but it works so perfectly for the playoffs. So, so I'll, I'll beg the question. This begs the question: Does the NBA go back to the bubble for the playoffs, considering how perfect it worked? Yeah, um, I think they, you know, they should definitely consider it. Um, we'll see, you know, how the virus is going by that point. Um, you know, later in the year. Uh, obviously if, you know, if the vaccine gets out and, and it's actually working and everyone, uh, you know, can actually, you know, go out, uh, you know, like, like regular times, then maybe, uh, we can just get back to fans in the stadium and maybe, you know, maybe not a full capacity, but maybe we could have, uh, you know, maybe half capacity or at least, you know, some, uh, fan presence in the playoffs. But if not, if this virus is, uh, is still, um, you know, uh, you know, spreading throughout the country, then I think it, it would be definitely smart to look into the bubble. Um, obviously, it worked last year. <clears throat> um, no player, you know, no players tested positive in the bubble. Um, they, it was really, it was a really nice setup. Uh, the NBA knew what they were doing with this one, so it's very, very smart. For, excuse me, very smart move for the G League to do this. I think, and uh, I think that you know the NBA, if uh, like I said, if the virus is still uh, rampant throughout the country, I, I think that uh, it would be smart for the NBA to look into this. And I'm, I'm sure that Adam Silver has already done that. Uh, I think he's, you know, the best commissioner in sports right now. He, he's, he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. So um, I, I think that that would make sense for sure for the NBA. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the bubble really, like I said before, worked down to, to perfection. Uh, like you said, Sean, no one, no player in the bubble tested positive for, for COVID-19. Um and you know, as as teams got eliminated, players were allowed to bring in family members and stuff like that. So I, I do think that the NBA should definitely look into it. If um, and that's a that's actually a very good point. Um, that they they would need to look into the, the bubble earlier if it means saving the season. Um, I agree with that one hundred percent. I think if it comes down to it, if the season needs to be saved, and you know, we need to avoid a total shutdown and delay of the season like we had last year then go right to the bubble uh if you don't want to go just opt out but i i think that's actually a really good point there i, I appreciate that jay showing that comment for us because that brings up a good point but um like sean said if, if the if the vaccine comes out and it works if um <clears throat> like you know it's available to the public obviously there's one out right now um and 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 we kind of slow the spread here even having home games with half capacity would be amazing for this NBA NBA season. And um, it'd just be a great idea if that doesn't happen to go to the bubble. So I, I do think that's a very good idea. Um, so that that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Sean, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? Um, uh, I mean, where we're going to highlight some of the games. So I know that the, the NFL playoffs are going on, so – Obviously, uh, I'll be doing a little multitasking, but uh, <laughs> we could talk a little uh, a little NFL if you want. I'll get into that. 
I got the order. Yeah, no, I was just, uh, just going to, well, the Heat Heat Wizards, um, I had circled for today. The the Wizards really got to get on track. Um, I think, you know, defensively, we've we've seen that they've been terrible. They could score with anyone. I, I said it uh, a couple shows ago, but uh, they'll have a big matchup with the Heat today. And then uh, I, you highlighted the other one, the Nuggets Sixers. Um, we'll see how the Sixers do with everyone out. And uh, the Nuggets, they, they got to get going here. Uh, Jokic has been playing great, but uh, the others got to start to come together. So uh, we'll see if uh, – can mix uh some of those games on the side, uh, put it on my laptop while I'm watching some NFL playoffs. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to get uh, some sports rolling this weekend. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be catching that 76ers game. You best believe it. Uh, um, but yeah. uh, I, I do like the 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 matchup for the Sixers. You know, I wish they were healthy and stuff like that. But I think that facing a Western Conference team who not only is struggling but is considered, you know, top tier once they're once they get right. I think that could be a big win for the Sixers, especially if they pull it off with their depleted roster. So I do like that. And, Sean, yeah, the Wizards got to figure it out defensively because they right now are allowing an insane amount of points. And Bradley Beal's out here dropping 50 50 freaking points, and they're losing games. And that that right there is unacceptable. (laughs) So so you're 100% right. They need to fix that. They Like you said, they can score with the best of them, but obviously we've seen that doesn't matter. Um, so a lot of things to look forward to this weekend. Lots of sports we got going on. Um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good games, a lot of good games. So we'll catch you guys on Tuesday, 5 PM. We go live on Facebook and Twitch. Uh, we also go live every Saturday at 1 PM. Uh, hopefully Isaiah will be with us next Saturday. We'll all be together on Tuesday. So we will see you then. This has been the Posting Up Podcast for Sean Scanlon. This has been Lucas Bolduck, and peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.